They're yeah. thinking that I'm mad or you disappointed. I got to nip that one right there. When they do great things, we're the first ones to pat them on the back as well. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and Wilma Wilson for the fifth installment of our series, Masterminding Our Way to Success. Today's topic is all about coaching styles and how they should not be cookie cutter. We just have to show our girls who we truly are. Have you ever heard this? They're a yeller, or they're too soft, or they act like a dictator. There are countless criticisms about the way we coach. Usually it comes from someone outside the team who simply doesn't see us work with our players every day. But sometimes the comment comes from the players themselves, and that's when it becomes a problem. The problem isn't with any particular coaching style. You can see it just by watching one weekend of softball on TV. There are countless examples of coaches doing things they quote-unquote shouldn't, yet they still seem to work. What's going on there? When you look at the coaches who have the most success, the common thread is actually their belief in their own unique coaching style. They figured out who they are as a coach and build their teams using their strengths. We discuss many topics around this theme today. See if you can start to identify Wilma's and Alicia's coaching styles within it. Today we discuss helping players deal with failure, getting players to buy into mental training, when it's okay to be a quote-unquote yeller, understanding different coaching styles, giving better feedback, switching the perspective on expectations, and staying patient as the team continues to improve. Stay tuned to the end for a coaching resource. You've heard about this resource before, but I think you'll get a lot out of it after listening to this episode. So let's get going. All right, guys, we are back for another installment of our Masterminding Our Way to Success. And it's week five, but many games into season now. So Wilma, catch us up. How's your team doing? Well, we had uh, kind of a long week kind of a compacted week with lots of games, you know, and it's just going to continue to snowball because of all the bad weather we're having here with lots of rain and lots of cancellations. But um, let's see, we, let me back up a little bit. Friday played a tough opponent, um, played kind of rocky in the first game and lost and then really bounced back and played well in the second game and won against a team who I thought was very athletic. Um, Had to get up for an early morning tournament. We were kind of dragging, um, Played a game we probably could have won, then we did win a game, then then lost a game. So, um, yeah, you know, we see moments of greatness um, coming through out of our youngsters and, and, you know, still hopeful that we are learning and working. And, you know, we had some off time and some cancellations this week and um, touch base with my kids, started the committed or the comp- competitive portion of the program um, this today actually with them. So, and I think that went quite well. Awesome. I'm curious. You've said this a couple of times now. Are they, do you still feel like they're starting slowly? You said sometimes the game starts slow and yeah. Yes, definitely. That's one thing we keep addressing is that, you know, it takes us sometimes, you know, third inning before we figured out what we need to do. So, you know, that catches up with you when you play some really tough teams. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so, and I just think, you know, our, our team hasn't really realized what they can do together yet. So that's why we see these moments of greatness and then sometimes they fade away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that, that true confidence piece of like, yeah, I'm kind of doubting it cause I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talked about that today. Nice. So, what did you talk about? Um, we did a couple of the competitive, um, 
worksheets and talked through some of those things, talked about things that, you know, basically made up personalities for how competitive they were and they rated themselves and things like that. And it was interesting. You know, I, I had a few kids who rated themselves as sevens and I was really not that surprised um, that they did just by watching their actions that didn't surprise me that that was their number, but it was, it's kind of good to, for them to throw the number out for us to see it. And we uh, talked about things that frustrated them when they were, you know, what things they were afraid of and failure. And that was a really good discussion, um, you know, because it ranged anywhere from disappointing parents, um, which didn't come up till the end. They started all with, you know, letting themselves down, being nervous, um, you know, how did they handle their failures in those types of situations. And, um, you know, they kind of just kept staying right within the field, you know, letting the coaches down, um, you know, being embarrassed if they didn't do well and things like that. And I said, well, you know, everything you guys are talking about is kind of within the fences. Is there nothing outside the fences that, you know, fuels you when you think you're failing. And um, I did use the Kobe Bryant situation that you had brought up in the video, you know, that um, when he was interviewed and the lady asked him about failing and he said, well, I don't fail. There's not failure. I either win or I learn. So that was our, our theme for the day today. Uh, we did a bunch of competitiveness because we were doing competition. Um, and, you know, it was either you did well and you won or you were out of the game and you were learning. So that was kind of good use of the words and kind of, I think, struck home to a lot of the kids just to, to keep working and not to think of it so much as a failure. Yeah, for sure. I found like personally with every person I've worked with, all the teams like that, when you can really get your brain to stop uh, almost like dramatizing the fail. Yeah. Like oh. when you can stop like letting it go immediately to the like, I suck. Realm, I know. And mm -hmm. like at least see like, okay, well, well, there's a learning curve. I can I can learn something from it. I can take something. There's a silver lining. Right. That has been a big turnaround. Yeah. And when, and when the kids were talking on the sheets and, you know, how things that they, you know, were worried about that were considered failures and then things that they could do differently. And the kids were talking about, oh, my gosh, this one girl's like, I just beat myself up over and over again. If something goes wrong, I just played over my head, played over my head. And um, one of my assistant coaches uh, kind of chimed in and he said, hey, um, do you remember those, that error that you had in playing well last year? And the girl was like, uh, well, give me a sec. Uh, not really. And my other coach, you know, to his credit, he was like, exactly. You don't remember that error of that game. I don't remember that error of that game. You got to remember that, you know, most of them are just small moments that you aren't really ever going to remember. So you have to learn to let them go at the time, because as time passes, they become even smaller and smaller moments. Oh, so true. Except those big moments that you let keep repeating over and over in your mind. Well, that was our point was that, you know, because <laughs> um, we got into a discussion and kind of they they kind of pulled into it. Some of them, you know, that um, they talked about one of the girls talked about how, you know, when she comes into the dugout. Yeah. One of the coaches will probably address, you know, something that happened that she may have done wrong or something. And and then she said she was really happy to have her teammates there 
you know, that weren't being uh, so picky, you know, not picking on her per se or pointing out the bad things, but staying positive. And I said, well, you know, and, the, you know, like Alicia, I said, hey, you guys have chosen the, the culture of being compassionate and, you know, empathetic and classy. And I said, you know, I'm proud of you guys that you stick to that. And when, you know, even when we're on you, that you can turn to each other and still, you know, rely on the culture that you guys have agreed upon to have for this team. So, you know, I, I thought that was good because I think that they do lean on each other for support and things like that. And they are super positive, you know, sometimes almost too much, you know, where you're just like, ah, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's everything's okay. You know? And, uh, but that's the culture that they chose. And I said, that's, that's awesome. That I'm proud of you guys for, you know, maintaining the culture that you have chosen. So a lot of good things came out of the conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. And side note, I love that your assistants are in on it. Cause I know at the beginning of the season, you weren't sure if they right. were going to partake yep. in all this, but ugh, God, it's so awesome to hear it from their different perspectives for them to hear it from the quote unquote harsh coach. Right. You're <laughs> like, right. It's awesome. Yep. And today I just kind of threw the papers out there and they were still there. I didn't say, Hey, I'm going to do this. You can join or not. They were still there. And so, you know, it was good, I think, because, you know, I told the kids, that's good. We want to hear you. We're doing this for you. You know, don't feel bad. Don't lie about how you're judging yourself. You know, it's not about giving us the answers you think we want to hear. You know, we're trying to help you deal with failures and successes and, you know, deal with how competitive you are and where you fit into the whole scheme of things. And, you know, so I think the kids have really grasped on to the fact that it's something that will help them evolve you know, as a person and as a player. What do you think has helped the most with that? Because a lot of coaches talk about, like, I, I can't get my kids to buy into this stuff. Yeah. So what are you doing or what's going on that you think is helping them buy in? Well, I think they like, I think we talk about it quite a bit. Um, I think they like, when we do, they seem to be a good little paper and pencil team. Like I keep 14 pencils with me all the time and you know, today I made a couple copies of a couple of the worksheets. We did the worksheets and I tell them, you know, I, I'm not necessarily going to read them all. I'm not here to like give you a grade on it or anything. You know, I just keep them and then I add them to their notebooks. So at the end of the year, I'm just going to give them their notebooks with all their work in it and then they can choose to do with it what they will, you know, but I think it's good that this particular group really likes to sit down and write down their emotions and write down their feelings and write down how things are affecting them and they like to talk about it. So, you know, taking the time to do it, even though it's hard pressed sometimes, um, taking the time to actually let them talk about their feelings and how they perceive the coaches. And, you know, we had a good conversation today. One girl was like, well, you know, I really have to hear it from all three of you. Like one of you will tell me and then the next one will tell me and the next one, she's like, I'm trying to let it go. And, then by the time I get in my glove and going out on the field, one of you says it to me. <laughs> and so, you know, that was a good little wake up call for us, you know, that we don't all know what each other is saying to each kid. And, you know, she made a good point. She said, I'm just trying to let it go. And then you guys keep bringing it up. And um, so that, that was a good learning curve for us as the coaches, um, you know, and we were all there to hear it. So, you know, I think that's good for us to take note um, and not to beat you know, run over the dead dog more than once, you know. 
Right. <laughs> Which is so, <laughs> such a visual, but yeah, it's true. She's like, okay, I get it. I know. I know. I felt bad because I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of true. You know, Especially when you realize you were the third coach. You're like, take yeah, it. Well, yeah, I'm usually the first coach, and I'm usually probably the uh, the nicer of them all, you know. Um, but then I, I had to remind one girl, I said, yeah, okay, I'm totally with you. I understand. But I said, I, I'm going to have to throw something back in your lap because this, you know, one of this particular player, like it takes her, she has to hear things three or four times in practice before it really registers with her, you know, and she'll even say that, oh, yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, and then we'll tell her, tell her, tell her. So I was like, okay, so in our defense, you know, we do feel like we have to mention and things to you particularly more than once, you know, and that's just us getting to know your personality. And she was like, yeah, okay, I, I get that. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Alicia, how about you? What's new with your team? Well, last week we we did our second um, week of confidence. I felt it was kind of important to spend, you know, two weeks on confidence because it's usually the one that needs the most work, it seems like. So uh, it was kind of interesting because we made some defensive changes in practice on Thursday, and I put one of my pitchers out in the outfield, and she was doing awesome out there. She was really trying, and there was a couple gap shots she didn't quite get to. And she goes, I'm not fast enough to play in the outfield. And everyone stops. And I said, what'd you say? And she looks at me and, and my other pitcher standing on the mound goes, reframe, Bree, reframe. So it was just kind of funny because they're all, they're all catching it. They're catching each other, you know, so trying to eliminate not only the negative self-talk, but also just in general, just that the word don't, can't, not, things like that. So it was, it was quite funny. Um, but it was, it was good. And it was, uh, I had a great conversation with a few of my kids. It was very interesting to me because I had spent a lot of time talking about, you know, last week we talked about the avalanche game and how the bad things that happened and that we ref reflected the next day and how all the awesome things came out. And I told, I told them that I was really working on my composure, you know, and that was something we talked about last week. You even mentioned it, right? Cause I know we've talked, it's very well talked about how emotional coach I am. Uh -huh. Coach with passion, coach with emotion, but I've been really working on that. So, but why were you working on it? Because I felt like yeah. that was something that they needed, right? They needed, they needed some control from me. Uh -huh. So a few of my veteran players says, I, I kind of said, yeah, they, they pulled me aside. We were just chit-chatting about something. And I said, uh, yeah, I've really been working on that. Coach, can we have the old coach back? We don't like it. So... Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it's it's not it's not good for us. It doesn't motivate us. We we want the old coach back. So I I really had to think about that because I, I'm like, wait a minute, but sometimes I really get on them. And they said, but we need that. We want that because we know you care. And we know that's and that's how we we get moving. Because when you say something, like really, really say something to us, we really get kick it into gear. And really think about it. I said, okay. So that was on Thursday. So then on Friday, we had a single game, away game. And we played really, really well. Uh, but I had an instance where my outfielder wasn't necessarily sprinting to the ball that was foul. And she just missed it. And I think that's when the old coach, Alicia, came out. And I made sure that I told her that that wasn't going to happen again in my own way. It doesn't really matter how, but just in my own way. <laughs> And uh, I can tell you she has not jogged to a ball since. 
Um, but I, I had, we had awesome defensive plays. It was very challenging because it was 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. So we really had to focus on some of the things like communication um, and really just doing the best we could for on defense. So we had six really great innings of defense. And it was just one where we had just a few mistakes that allowed them back in the game when they ended up, we ended up losing three to two. But overall, it was a really good game. Um, we did a lot of things right, um, but we still need to kind of tighten up the defense a little bit. So then on Saturday, we had a tournament. Uh, we won the first two games and they came out just hitting like the best I think they've had all year. And I was most, most proud of um, one of my players who is, she happens to be a freshman, but we've been working on diving all year and we, and our word is fearless, right? So we've been working on this all year. We've been working on defense all year. We've been trying to get them to truly be fearless. And there was a runner on second and there was a ball hit up the middle and she went for it with everything she had. And she laid out Superman style. She could not have possibly stretched another inch and she stopped the ball and she got up and she didn't throw anyone out, but the runner had to stop at three and she saved a run. So I made sure that I pointed out on several different times that that's, that's fearlessness where you, you just let go of everything and you actually just made the play. You, you, you weren't scared that you were going to miss it. You just really went out and, and gave it your all and stopped the ball. So I was really proud of not only her, but we had many other instances uh, uh, like that. So the first game um, we ended up winning, I think six to two and the game ended on a ground ball to center fielder center field. And my center fielder threw her out at the plate. It was really exciting. Um, we ended up losing the championship game, but it was, you know, like Wilma talked about, I actually saw Wilma at that tournament. We didn't play each other, but she was there. So, um, we got to, you know, talk for a few minutes, but you know, it was cold and kind of rainy all day, just typical Michigan. So, um, this then at the beginning of the week, it's been raining here all week. So um, on Monday, we spent 20 to 30 minutes doing nothing but major stretching with the athletic trainer, spending time on their bodies because um, you could just tell by the forecast, uh, we were at 90% chance we were going to play next day. They're, they're tired, they're tight. So we spent a lot of time on their bodies. And then we spent the rest of the time on uh, the courageous, courageous course and really talked about kind of digging deep into those fears, kind of like what Wilma was talking about and what are you really afraid of and, and how to truly be courageous and what that actually means. So that was great to spend that day uh, doing just focusing on mind and body and not really practice. And then yesterday we had a pretty tough practice inside. Um, today we, because uh, we were rained out yesterday, today we rained out again. So our fields just aren't ready. Uh, spent and took the day off. So we took the day off today because we have, the next couple of weeks, like Wilma said, are for us as well, are pretty tough with lots of games. So rest is really critical for them right now to get their kind of minds and bodies straight. And that's kind of the the uh, theme of this week. Um, but it, overall, it was a really good week um, since we talked. Um, they're making strides not only on the field, but with their mental part of the game and really making the effort to implement it and talk about it. And like Wilma said, my kids also really like to talk, share about uh, everything that, you know, they feel and they can do that very easily. And it's amazing how the more you talk about it, you, you hear a lot of common themes. So they really realize they're not they're not alone. They're not by themselves. They aren't the only ones that think this way. And I think that's comforting to them, too. 
Oh, so good stuff. I'm so excited for your girls. And we're not even like, are we halfway through season? No. Yeah. Yeah. About? Mm, we're this feels like you're end loaded with games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Date wise, we are. Date wise, yeah. yeah. But not, yeah, but not game wise, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, one thing I want to kind of just like throw out there for you guys to like keep in your back pocket. Like you guys have had some pretty awesome aha moments with the girls. And I know you we both said you're writing stuff down. Like keep that for them when like <laughs> something does happen again. <laughs> so before it becomes an avalanche, you'd be like, just go back to your folder. Look at that one day when you said the things that were making you feel afraid and how you can learn instead of being afraid to fail. Like you, taking yeah. them back sometimes to their own words is so powerful. So it's cool that you guys have had all these good moments with them and good conversations. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think that's an excellent point, something to think about for sure, because we do – uh, we did do that with confidence be just because we spent so much time on it. Mm -hmm. um, and we also did a lot of revisiting with in check-ins, I guess, with our goals and things like that. But going back when uh, it just kind of revisiting what they wrote down as opposed, as opposed to reflecting or in addition to reflecting, I think is really important too. So that's a great point. Uh, and then to go back to your composure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a big point that I want coaches to hear. Like, <laughs> I don't think there's any swearing involved. So I want you to like really tell <laughs> us what you told that player. Like, give me the emotion of the first time you told me. <laughs> I came running out of the dugout, sprinting down the right field line, and I screamed, do not ever jog for a ball again. You sprint. Do you understand? Yelled <laughs> 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 oh, <I> that. <clears throat> um, probably spit a little bit no cussing involved no and and I will say though like that that um feedback from my players came back you know from players that I've you know coached three and four years so I can't do that and be effective without that relationship piece first that is very clear to me and I, I fully understand that so um sometimes I'm a little hesitant to really get on the freshman but I pulled him aside after the game and I said, you, you weren't freshmen anymore. Like you guys are good. You're here for a reason, but I need you, I need you to step up. And, and I, I felt like, I felt like it was time to say that. I felt like we had built a, a strong enough relationship and trust in each other um, for me to be able to say that for it to be effective. So um, that's, that's the, that's the emotion. That's the piece where the expectation is, and, and I'm, and I'm telling them that or getting upset with them because I know they can do it. I know that it's there. I'm not asking them to do something I know they can't do. So those are the things I think that um, the kids really want. And, and actually, while we were talking about that, they brought up the Tom Izzo, uh, I guess, situation that happened during the final four um, when that he was caught on video, like screaming at that player. Um, and if you, yeah, <laughs> but it, it I mean, I was, I was nowhere to that to that level. I wasn't trying to imitate. <laughs> that, that was wow. <laughs> However, if you talk to the talk to the players, right? That's that's what they're used to, and they're okay with it because he has a strong relationship with his players. So, um, it's it's not something I I, I don't want to say like I'm really proud of it because that's not what I'm trying to say. I think just from my standpoint, that's me. 
And when I have a strong relationship with these kids and that's how you get the most out of them, you tell them when you're, when they're not doing something that they're capable of, or that's controllable or that, you know, that are failing your expectations, so to speak. So, um, that's kind of how, how that went down on Friday, but you know, I, I don't pull, I don't ever pull, pull them aside and apologize for that. I did apologize for, to my shortstop for the, for what I said, because that wasn't the appropriate time. And the thing that I said was inappropriate because I was just out of frustration, um, out of that. We had talked about last week, but this one was, she did not give full effort and I wanted to make sure she knew that wasn't okay. So but I guess that that's me. I mean, that's, that's my emotion and that's my passion coming out. So. Yeah. And I think the keys here are a, it is, it's your personality. It's not something that you're like, well, I, they need to be yelled at right now. So let right. me go yell at them or like they need the kick of the pants or they need a fire lit under them. Like, God, even I had a couple of days where I was like, well, I guess I better go like yell or something. I don't know. Show them how mad I am. <laughs> like, you can't contrive it. It's got to come from like just the moment. You can't berate them all the time. No. It can't be a, like a direct attack on them. And then also it, the, the key is that relationship. So even with a freshman who's only been with you a few weeks now, you built such a strong connection with the older girls that that that's trickled down you've started to build a relationship with her and even if she felt like oh god in that moment <laughs> she can immediately go back to her teammates and they say like yeah she meant what she said this is what you gotta do you're good <laughs> right right and i think that it's not manufactured like it's not like you said right. i can't manufacture that out of nowhere just for the sake of doing it it had to be in the moment it had to be for a very specific reason and uh one of my former players was on the bench as a um as an assistant helping me out that day, she says, you did that to me, my freshman year too, except you also threatened to pull me if I did it again. <laughs> and I just said, I, I don't remember that at all, but she does, you know, and that was several years ago, but she goes, coach, I never, I never loafed. I never loafed again. So, you know, and I think that that's, that's, what's the key. It has to be in the right moment and from the heart and, and just, part of your personality. And if that's not part of your personality, then that's okay because it clearly is part of mine. And it was a, clearly a piece that the kids really were missing and wanted it back. Yeah. That's cool though. I mean, that just shows that they really, you know, they respect that you want them to do well. I'm, it's the same, you know, like we had a player today talk about one was one of the girls was kind of complaining in our conversations about, you know, one coach kind of yelling and getting on and then one of the other girls raised her hand and she said well you know I think it's important that you know maybe you haven't realized uh you talk about the word personality she used the word coaching styles she said I don't think she said to the other girl I don't oh. think you really understand um all the differences in in our coaches coaching styles <laughs> so I thought that was kind of good because that's I was like, awesome oh, yeah, that's a great way to think of it and she said you know I just I, I understand that everybody's different and everybody's going to handle things differently. And she said something like, you know, I think the coaches understand that we as players are always going to handle things a little differently. And she said, you just really need to understand their coaching styles. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And that's, that's a credit to the conversations you're cultivating and 
your assistant's opening up too, I think that's huge. Like you don't need to change who you are. You don't need to change how right. you approach things, but you need to be honest about it just up right. front and then show them that it comes from a place of caring. Right. And I think all our, all three of the coaches at our place really do have a good relationship with all the kids. You know, they take time. I think all the kids know that we care. Um, you know, so that's definitely in the foreground of everything that happens, you know, so I think that's good. And, you know, one thing I do notice that one of our coaches is kind of a, uses a word, not a lot or don't, or blah, 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 you know, and we as a team have been really talking about changing our wording and staying positive. And, you know, I even talked with the kids the other day and I was joking around and I said, Hey, you know, when you go home tonight, see how many times your parents come across in a negative tone and then just you turn it around and change it into a positive tone and see if you can't catch them a couple times and just see how that goes over. <laughs> you know, because I said, you're going to get a couple of phone calls. Well, that's uh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> if they're going to call me out for being positive, I'll take it. But you know, I said, I don't know where in society we kind of went wrong, but somewhere we made a turn where everything always seems to start out negative, you know, um, and you have to make an effort to be positive. I said, you know, it's unfortunate that it's not the other way in our society, but for some reason it's not. Everything is focused around the can'ts and the don'ts and the negative things versus the positive things you really have to pull out. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not even just positive, negative, it's positive, negative, and like just purposeful. <laughs> Give us something yeah. to do. Like don't pull your head. Uh, don't leave that pitch over the plate. That's not helpful. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I get it. Don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. We talk about, I even had to talk to my kids about how they talk to the players that are batting, you know, while we're in the dugout, just, the things that they seem to say, you know, and, you know, I always hate the words, watch out for the change up and don't, don't, <laughs> hit, change up. don't hit a high ball, you know, and I'm just like, really, is that really, let's think about some other things that we can say to them that will help them just be more positive with themselves and not get their mind going in a hundred different directions at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Like there was some study, I can't remember now, but yeah. that your brain literally does not understand contractions. Yeah. So don't. You right. shouldn't. Your brain's right. like, huh? And so it just like erases well, that word. And yeah. so don't swing and at the rise ball. It becomes swing at the rise ball. Right. Well, <laughs> and you want to, you want to do, you want to, you want to speak and think about things that you can do and you can control, you know? So it's much easier just be like, you know, look for your pitch or, you know, focus on a great pitch or, you know, instead of singling out something that you take, that they take as a negative connotation. Exactly. Not helpful. Yeah. My players actually approached me and asked me for a whiteboard to put in the dugout so they could write down their thoughts and get them out. So, mm. yeah. So they have a little nice. whiteboard that they just kind of write things down and, um, they're quite brutally honest. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's good and bad. I think it's good to, to see the exercise and hopefully it's part of their process of letting go, but I'm still kind of surprised on, I guess I'd always will be surprised on how harsh they can be sometimes yeah. on themselves. Yeah. I think the cool thing about that activity, especially coming from them is, <laughs> so you get like the double negative, you beat yourself up. And then once you learn that that's 
something bad and it's not going to help your performance. Then you beat yourself up for beating yourself up. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a double judge. So right. I think it's really cool that when they write it down, it's like, no judgment. I'm just writing this down. So it's cool that they're being so honest and like, this is literally what went through my head. I'm going to leave it here instead of taking it with me. And I'm not going to be mad at myself for it. It's just what's in my head right now. <laughs> right. One of my players wrote down, uh, I couldn't remember the play, but she said in the middle of the sentence, I know coach isn't mad at me. She's just disappointed. So I said, I had to, I had to go talk to her. I said, actually, actually I'm neither mad or, or disappointed. So, so please don't ever think like, so that's what they're thinking. They're yeah. thinking that I'm mad or you disappointed. And that's, that's, I, I got to stop. I got to nip that one right there. Like making sure that they know that, that neither of those emotions are actually, you know, th something that I'm feeling. So, so please I, don't think that. I, I think it's good sometimes though. Sometimes I, I think it motivates a lot of athletes. Here comes the negative, but motivates a lot of athletes not to disappoint. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people are people pleasers. You know, I, I think that's how I function. You know, everything that I do, I'm, I'm usually trying to make somebody else happy. And, you know, I think that people that are like that, you know, don't want to disappoint other people, you know, and I think that, the, you know, that part of that is that they respect you as a coach and respect the hard work that you put in and that they just really don't want to let the coaches or the team down. Right. And, and that part is a big part of our conversations about what are you actually afraid of and what yeah. is, what are your true fears and what, what are you really afraid of? And that's usually what comes out, right? I'm, yeah. I'm afraid of letting people down and yeah. those in people is, is, is pretty broad. There's a lot of people when yeah. they list those people, right. But coaches are always one of the first that are mentioned, um, usually right after teammates actually. So yeah. We always try to go through the conversation and, and exercise of making sure they know. And I say, well, let, and I'll give an example. Let's say the ball goes through this kid's legs. Are you guys actually mad at your player or just, you know, disappointed it? And they're like, no, no, we understand, you know, so yeah. just that reminder from right. the teammates, especially. Yeah. I think a way you can reframe that even is because I agree with you, but there is definitely motivation to it. <laughs> like, yeah. But if you are, always focused on pleasing others mm -hmm. you're still just so outward focused so instead it's because it's then it's oh, will they be pleased like will this be enough for them like right. will something else be distracting them in that moment <laughs> so yeah. instead of like i i don't want to let them down how about i want to make them proud right yeah oh i agree that's definitely a motivational is to when they do great things, we're the first ones to pat them on the back as well. So I think, you know, that that motivates them as well is just to, to do well. Love it. What else you guys got? What do you guys got coming up? What are you excited for? And uh, where are you taking this team mentally? Well, I'm trying to keep my kids on the pathway that they're on as far as being there, having their culture of empathy <clears throat> and, um, you know, a lot of compassion and things like that, but I, I'm trying to rev up their competitiveness a little bit. And, um, you know, that's what we're kind of focused on this week. And, you know, I just want them to understand that, you know, if they can generate a little bit more competitiveness, that it'll take them a long way on the field and, you know, prevent a lot of the things that they are supposedly quote unquote scared of and afraid of and, failures of and things like that. So, 
yeah, we've got some tough conference games ahead and we'll have kind of a packed schedule, but, um, you know, yeah, I just would like to see them keep improving and believing in themselves a little bit more. I would probably echo a lot of the same things. I know that not only on a lot of uh, games coming up soon, some tough games um, to play and really that will really challenge us. And, and we've been talking about competing, you know, the entire game, you know, sometimes I think like Wilma said, like last year we had the issue where we weren't competing for two straight games in doubleheader. And like Wilma said, sometimes it takes them a while to get, you know, going to compete, but you know, my goal is to have them to compete every pitch of the entire game. And they really have, they've really stepped it up and they have definitely improving, but I, that trajectory needs to keep going up. Um, we still need to continue to build that confidence offensively, uh, sharpen up our defense. And they know that they, they have the same language. I do. They talk about it. Um, when we're, we emphasize, you know, throws and catches hit him in the chest. And when it's not right in the chest, my players are saying, come on guys, let's go. You can do it. Hit him, hit me in the chest. So they're saying those same things. And, and, they're, they're in the right mindset. That's for sure. Uh, we got to continue to build on the mental skills and prepare them for the, for the postseason, which is always the goal. Um, but just in the next couple of weeks, we just got a lot of games where we really got to just continue to improve and work on those things that we have been all year. That's awesome to hear. And I love this. Cause I think, uh, one of the biggest vices I'd say every coach deals with is that like desire to like go i want to see them reach their potential now like let's get there let's make these strides but i think both of you are exhibiting a lot of patience which is <laughs> huge because then in the long run you make a lot more progress faster it's only because we are both very experienced <laughs> it is not something that is is easy to do even you know you start to look at as soon as you know today hits which is may 1st and and the calendar flips uh-huh. is is when all of a sudden it's like oh crap you yeah. know we only have three weeks left and you know of games and holy cow where did the season go but you still have three games three weeks left and you look at all the games you got to play and and i think that definitely comes with experience there's been a lot of panic moments in the past about oh my god we're not gonna be ready are we gonna be ready i don't know what i'm doing you know but it's just patience i know it will come together i've seen it happen time and time again the when doesn't doesn't really matter as much as, as long as it's before postseason starts, but it might be the day before, it might be the week before, but I see the steady, the steady improvement. And so I'm very confident that, that they will get there, but you do have to show patience with them for sure. Yeah, I agree. And my group is a little bit, um, you know, and I, I've known this coming in that we're just going to be a kind of a two-step forward, maybe a one-step back, maybe a one-step forward, two-step back, off and on as we go. And so, yeah, I have to be patient. And, you know, um, I just, I know that going into the season and sometimes it's tough to stay in that mode, but, you know, definitely see some bright spots and, you know, um, when we can get there to be more consistent over the next few weeks and try to get them to realize that that's the level that we would like them to play at all the time, um, you know, then that will be a great aha moment, I think. Yeah, do you say two steps back? But I don't think we've taken two steps back yet. <laughs> I get that though. Like that—that's the reality of it. Is like you make some improvements, and then it feels like yeah. nothing for a while. Yeah. yeah. But if you panic, that's when you go down. 
Yeah. It like yeah, for sure. Eight steps backwards. So I like that you guys no panic button. We're good. <laughs> yep. Keep plugging away right now. And that's it for today's episode. Let's talk about today's resource, the coaching personality quiz. Just because you're having a hard time getting through to your girls right now does not mean you have to try to be something or someone you're not. There's a time for encouragement and a time for discipline, but the way you go about it is all about you. There are many personality tests out there, but we suggest you start with our simple coaching personality quiz. It'll help you discover your preferred style of thinking and communicating so you can get through to your players faster. Are you the type of coach who sees the bigger picture, is idealistic and not afraid to try new things? Do you prefer to use a strategic plan to help your girls improve and reach their potential? These are just two of the preferences. To discover the way you think and communicate best, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash coaching dash personality. When you know more about how you think, it'll be easier to communicate what you want to your players. That's it for today. See you back here soon for a bonus episode with a special guest. We think you'll recognize his name and we know you'll want to hear her perspective. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, have a good one and thank you for joining us.